The Bo Show is on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Brought to you by GSL GM City, your Cadillac Advantage dealership and home of Calgary's largest selection of new and pre-owned Cadillacs. Check out GSL GM City's entire Cadillac lineup in the showroom and online. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Welcome back to The Bo Show. It's been a while. Sorry for the uh, exit last week, but it's good to be back. Rob, how you doing, brother? Uh, you know, any better, I'd be twins. How about you, pal? I'm doing good, man. We've got a lot of football to talk about. Oh, um, do we? Some, some different things going on. <laughs> Obviously, we'll talk Super Bowl. We'll talk uh, some moves going on in the NFL. But uh, I heard you pumped out the truth about it, so we might as well start with it. Let's talk about the XFL a little bit. Um, I mean, what what is your, what is your take on uh, how XFL is all of a sudden going from what used to be the N64 NFL Blitz video game yep. uh, to now they're saying it's going to be safer football. That's the that's the crazy part for me, Bo. I mean, I'll, I'll start this off by saying that, you know, I think we've had this conversation before. I love the sport. I hate the business of football. I always have. I think it's too much of a meat market. But anytime you can put more jobs out there for football players, that's good. Um, but I, I'm fascinated by the approach this go-round because – you know, it was a unique experience, the XFL. It, it didn't last for a number of reasons, um, but it was unique, and it, and it carved out. It didn't try to necessarily replicate what the NFL or even the CFL was. It went in a t- completely different direction. And when I heard Vince McMahon today talking, you know, not only his opening statement, but answering questions from the media, it it, it seems like, you know, he's going to forego the the glitz and glamour he'll try the innovation they want to do some innovative things and you know he's already mentioned that maybe they want to have a halftime i don't know that might be one thing they do away with he said you know anything you don't like about the game we're going to get rid of we want to hear from the fans but um you know he, he talked about the character of, of people he talked about you know this is the same guy that allowed players to put things on the back of their jerseys he hate me rod smart he hate me uh, today talking about that, you know, we're not going to be political at all and we're going to stand for the anthem. Well, that's kind of, in football terms, a little bit of a political thing to begin with. I, I don't know if a neutered NFL can go head-to-head with the, or a neutered XFL can go head-to-head with the NFL. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you're if you're a football fan that's watching the NFL because you love the game, um, I don't know that you're watching the XFL if it's just, a lesser version of it you know i think that i think the 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 draw from the xfl was oh this is nfl blitz we're gonna we're gonna knock guys out they're gonna hit after the you know after the 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 whistle uh there's gonna be more touchdowns more scoring you know there's gonna be less flags it's gonna be it's gonna be basically the nascar uh, or wrestling of football yeah and um i mean well, i mean obviously being a football guy i i think a little of it because it's it's just going to be, you know, to me very uh, unsound. You know, there's going to be you're going to get the big name, some big name guys that have, are out of the game. You know, maybe like a Michael Vick type guy that wants to go in for one year and they're, they're going to pay him, you know, a good amount of money, but nobody else in the league is going to be making much money, and uh, and it's going to be a gimmick kind of thing to me. I mean, if it didn't work once, I don't know why it would work the second time if you're going to make it different anyways. But, um, yeah, I mean, I understand, you know, the draw of, oh, hey, we'll get rid of halftime. There'll be less penalties, mm-hmm. um, you know, less replays. And, and I see that kind of draw. I just don't know if you're going to take fans away from the NFL. 
you know, I, and I, 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 I'm a little bit leery about going down this this path because I have not talked to you about this ahead of time. But and and this is, you know, I know that we're only supposed to talk about sports, never about real life and politics. But don't you, on some level, think that this is a reaction to what's transpired in the United States in the last year? And the sense of the vulnerability, there seems to be this perceived vulnerability of the NFL. You know, we talk, I just talked about the soft television numbers, but that's all relative. I mean, there's still the biggest numbers you're going to find anywhere on television. But the whole debate, and you know, I've talked about it, you know, about players, um, you know, protest and the social justice and, and things like that, which, you know, we've also heard from some quarters that turns people off. I, I just wonder if this is an overreaction to that, some sense that there's a vulnerability out there that the NFL can be had. Yeah, I just, you know, I mean, when you look at it and, they see, and and to have your, you know, commissioner or owner of the entire league, whatever he's going to be, um, you know, say, oh, we're not going to be political. Everybody's going to stand for the flag. Well, you can't, you can't physically stop a player from taking a knee. You know, I think, I think you kind of saw that throughout the league this year that some owners even wanted their guys not doing, they still did, and and you kind of realize that some of those big name players their names are bigger than than you expect, and you can't, you know, cut them and sit them out because of it, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it could, it definitely could be an answer if, uh, if not a bad one to what's gone on throughout the, uh, you know, the entire nation and, you know, politically and everything. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I, I look forward to, uh, I guess I look forward to seeing whether or not they're going to decide who gets the ball first, uh, like they used to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the ball, place the ball at the 50 yard line race two and two covers it. That was another part that he brought up today, Bo. He was asked a direct question about, you know, we're having this debate and this conversation in football about safety, and and Vince McMahon thought he addressed it. He said, "Yeah, we're we we're going to definitely be we're going to make a safer product." And then he was asked, "Well, how do you make it safer?" And you know, we don't know. We'll we'll, we'll find a way. Um, this is an intra. I mean, again, back to the conversations we've been having away from the XFL. There's that whole mindset of that you invented football today based on what we know. Would it even, you know, would you even get it off the ground? It, it there's so many interesting things, hurdles, I would say, um, to come. But but it's what I got to tell you. The the fascinating part to me is. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think you just dismissed it kind of out of hand as a player. I mean, you don't look at this as an option. Um, God, I mean, I don't because you know, you know the end result. You know, I I think it maybe it maybe maybe it does take on for a year, mm-hmm. and it it's it, it seems good. And some guys go question, hey, maybe I should just go play down there and and do that. But you know, the CFL is is established, and I think that's that's something that uh, you know speaks for itself. I don't know this XFL is going to get established, and it, and it'd be very hard to see it happen. Right. Um. You know, unless they sign on with the NFL to be another feeder league, but how many times have you seen that? That spring league, feeder league, um, you know, we'll we'll take over the TV airtime for that month or two that you don't have anything going on in the NFL, and then you can, you know, take all the, the TV rights back right away. So, um, I don't know, man. I, I just – I see it as another, you know, a, a seven-year-old guy getting bored and with a lot of money <laughs> and deciding that he can compete with uh, the biggest and the best. So what would have to happen for you, Bo? And, and I'm not, you know, let's just build a scenario in which, you know, a couple of years from now you have a decision to make. You can stay in the CFL or, you know, and I know there's other options, but I'm just going to pick these two. You could stay in the CFL or there's this upstart XFL. You know, he's not launching till 2020, so essentially two years from now. You as a, this is what you do for your business. What would you have to see from them 
that would make you comfortable into looking at them as an alternative? You mean like actually as myself? Yeah, as yourself. Oh, man. I mean, they'd have to be very established. It would have to, you know, they're they're paying guys very well, and and it's um, and it's not just the quarterback or one player on the team. You know, they're they're established in the way that they're able to have a salary, a true salary cap, and play pay all their players to where you're not just the, the guy with the target on your back every single game. Um, and uh, man, it would have to really take off. I mean, it would have to you know be something I think that's backed by the NFL. Um, but I. I I find it very hard pressed for me to be looking at the XFL at any point in my career. Really? Hmm. Cause I, you strike. I, mean, I, just, I just don't see this happening. This is, this is, again, this is another one of those leagues to me that is, um, it's a, it's a league for Ryan leaf and, you know, guys that had a bad rap and, and, you know, weren't able to get their shot again. You know, maybe, um, Oh gosh, names blanking out of my head, but Ravens running back from a couple of years ago. Ray Rice. Um, Ray Rice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and it's going to be, hey, we're trying to give players a second chance. You know, we're trying to give these guys a chance to come out and show they can be a part of the community again. Um, you know, that kind of thing. That's, that's the way I see this. But he already, but, it, right. but Vince already kind of threw cold water on that. He said, we don't want those types of players. We don't want guys with records. We want good, you know, one of his lines was, you know, being a good football player is one thing. We want good character people. And you know, there was a yeah, lot well, of there's a lot of speculation that he's already said no Johnny Manziel. Yeah, well, I mean that's that's my thing. You know, good luck finding them. <laughs> good luck finding the guys you're talking about that aren't in the NFL already or aren't in the CFL already, um, and are willing to come, you know, play for whatever you're able to pay them, mm-hmm. and and they have any kind of name at all to carry, um, you know, any kind of clout behind it to get somebody to come watch this game. You know, it's a uh, I don't know. I just uh, I don't I don't see this as, as something that's gonna be great. I know I know it's almost people want to hear the opposite. Like oh yeah, I want, like I want it to work. I want to you know see what this is gonna be about. I think the XFL could make it. It was always fun to watch, um, but I mean it died out pretty quick for a reason. And I think it'll do the same. Yeah, I it'll be interesting to see what comes. The the one thing I'll give him if I'm gonna give Vince McMahon any credit is he didn't come out and say we're launching it this spring or next year. Like there's two years to roll this out. And, you know, to that point, you know, maybe there's, you know, maybe there's something we're missing here, but I just, I'm blown away, Bo, as I sit here today, that the guy that, you know, kind of the loud, brash Vince McMahon that brought the loud, brash XFL is going to relaunch it and go, well, we're not going to be loud and brash, right? We're going to be a family, his words, we're going to be family orientated. And I, not that I have anything against family orientated or anything, I just, you know, I uh, I, I think you. If there was ever going to be something that would work against the NFL, I thought that was the original XFL, and look how it failed, right? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, honestly, let me let me let me put this point by you. Um, you know, without offending anybody, but Vince McMahon was a WWE guy, wrestler guy, right? And he created the XFL to look like NFL blitz. You know, to be yep. hard hitting and extra, extra, extra. Um, and now you're trying to tell me he's starting a league, same name, but it's going to be safer than the NFL. It's going to be better than the NFL. Um, it's, you know, for lack of a better analogy, it's like it's like Mike Vick starting a dog care facility and be like, no, I've changed. Let, your, let me take care of your dog for the day. You know, I just, I just don't see it sitting well 
with anybody else thinking like, oh, yeah, like even though he created the opposite league and the exact same name, you know, a couple of years back, yeah, he's going to completely change it and it's going to be different. I think, I think he's saying these things to, you know, appeal to the public, appeal to what people want to see, but um, I don't think any moms are going to be rushing out to sign their kids up for youth football to get ready to go play in the XF, XFL anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know we got NFL and some CFL, but can I run one other uh, ex, uh, related uh, football story by you from yeah. today? Uh, and it's something you just mentioned about the uh, the moms. I'm not sure if you saw the announcement out of Illinois today, but um, the Concussion Legacy Group, along with some lawmakers in the state uh, of Illinois, have introduced a new bill called the uh, Dave Durison Act, um, of course, to honor the, the former uh, strong safety who, who of the Bears from their 85 team who uh, took his own life at age 50, and then we found out he had CTE. And essentially this bill bans tackle football for kids under the age of 12 in the state of Illinois. Uh, I know you and I've touched a little bit. You run football camps, Bo. What do you think of yeah. something like that? I I'm not opposed to it. Um, I think it's I think it's good to have the ability to teach kids how to hit and how to tackle. Um, you know, once their bodies have matured enough, you know, and and who's to say what age that is? You know, I just I just took my nephews out. Uh, they're five and six. Mm-hmm. I just took them out for their first flag football game. And I, I'm looking around at this league, and, and to me, this is what kids should be doing at a young age. I, you know, they should, they should be learning the skills of football, the, how to handle the football, how to run, how to pass, how to catch, um, how to form up, but then take a flag. And I don't think, you know, I, if, you, if you watch a kid and he's got a helmet on and it kind of looks like uh, somebody with a 50-pound weight on their head, you know, they're kind of wobbling back and forth and can barely hold their helmet up. That kid's neck isn't strong enough to hit anybody. So I, I actually agree with this. I think it's a great idea. Um, I run football camps to teach kids. You know, we, t- we try to teach young young men how to hit properly, but we don't hit. You know, we're, there's ways to teach without actually doing it until they get to the age where their muscles have developed, their mind has developed in a way that they understand what you're saying and they can actually take it to the field. Um, and I think that's important. So, uh, I mean, good on Illinois. I think, I think a lot of places will probably follow this through um, pretty soon, and I think you could help for the health of football. Yeah, I, I, I applaud it, and I like it, and I like the fact that it's, it's not intended to be a death sentence for the sport, you know, rather than going to the extreme and saying, well, let's just outright ban it. Let's look at ways, and let's be proactive, and, and let's, let's try to do it as, as say, I think – you know, I think we're all of like minds. At, at some point, there's acceptable risk. But when it comes to kids and youth, to your point about, you know, the maturity of the body, it's it's not ever going to be safe. I, you know, life isn't safe. I, I get all of those sort of things. But I, I'd rather see and explore these ideas and go down these paths than just outright say, well, that's it. It's done. It, it has to go away. I, I that That I wouldn't be comfortable with. Yeah, I think I think that I think that law is taking a step towards making football safer. Yeah, you know, I I did play tackle football in fifth grade, uh, which is age ten, and uh, we could barely complete a pass. You know, we can barely hand the ball off without somebody getting hit because the O linemen and D linemen, you know, they're not able to block yet. They're not able to take that physical pounding yet. And I think this is smart. I think seven on seven, you know, flag football mm-hmm. is what you need to learn at a young age. And um, I think this is a step forward in the in the progress of football becoming safer. You're too damn progressive. 
<laughs> Let's uh, we'll take take a break real sure. quick, and um, we'll come back. We'll talk some NFL. We'll talk some Super Bowl, and uh, maybe at the end if we can, we'll catch a CFL free agency talk. Abs- but uh, you are listening to the Bo Show. With myself, Rob Kerr, on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Back to the Bo Show with your quarterback, Bo Levi-Mittal. Brought to you by GSL GM City. They offer lease and finance rates from 0.9%, plus save thousands in cash credits. Visit GSL GM City today, 1720 Bow Trail Southwest, or GSLGMCity.com. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, welcome back as... As our man Will Null on the keys earlier just told you, the XFL is coming back to 2020. If you missed it, go back and listen to the podcast. Uh, but we got to move on to the NFL. Uh, Rob, I want to start with uh, I want to start with Minnesota. Yep. Because I know they lost last week. Yep. Um, what? How do you think this quarterback situation plays out? You got Case Keenum, Sam Bradford, uh, and Teddy Bridgewater, who made his you know one or two play comeback uh, there at the end of the year. Um, but how do you see this kind of going down? I, you know, Bo, this this whole thing. I'm glad you asked me. Uh, Jay Feaster was once general manager of the Calgary Flames. Used a term all the time called intellectual honesty, and I think that's what the Minnesota Vikings have to do here. You know, what was Case Keenum? Was was he? You know, he was the third guy, but you know, got them all the way to the NFC Championship game. You could, you know, talk about whatever New Orleans did. He's the guy that threw it to Stefan Diggs. That's the Minneapolis miracle. He's connected to that. But Bradford, I think, is out because of the the knee and the health. Bridgewater is the million-dollar question to me. That's two years, essentially, that we haven't seen him. I think Case Keenum, you know, will get work. But if I'm Minnesota, the question becomes, Bo, is intellectual honesty. Can he get better? Is this is this as good? Because you have to get better. You 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 didn't get there. You have to get better. And and if you're honest about it, you damn near got pe- picked off second and long or second and ten against New Orleans, but you didn't. And then you get the miracle. I, I'm to me, if I'm management, if I'm Zimmer, I, I have to take a long time, and I, I don't want to rain on Case Keenum's parade. As I said, if if it's not there, somebody else will give him work. But this is your profession. You tell me. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, I, I like your assessment of it. I agree. I think Bradford's probably out. Um, I think you're going to go back into the season with Keenum as number one. Okay. And you're going to say, hey, this is our quarterback. This is our guy. Um, and Bridgewater's going to be right there waiting in the wind. He's got an entire offseason out there. Now that he is healthy, um, you know, now he's got an entire offseason to, like you said, so let's get the rust off you. You know, let's uh, let's see – you know, get out there. Well, he's probably going to, you know, I, get, I guarantee you what you're going to see at some point is Bridgewater throwing some seven-on-seven seven with his guys this offseason, getting together, makeshift, you know, practice, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, just to get guys together and, and kind of get the Bulls firing again. Um, well, that's, in- I mean, I think, that's interesting I think to me, though. That's interesting to me because of what I know of football culture, you know, it's not uncommon for the quarterback in the offseason to bring his receivers together, right? That's what a leader does. So is that right. not is that not what Keenum does? Shouldn't Case be doing that? And if Case is doing that and Bridgewater is doing that, is that not counterproductive? Have we not set up this stage for sure, Case? You're the starter on day one, but don't you dare make make a mistake because this guy's behind you. That's the intellectual honesty I wonder about. Yeah, I mean, but I also think that's the nature of the beast you're working with. Absolutely, um, you didn't you didn't win the Super Bowl, and you know we we live in a, a world of what what have you done for me lately? 
And yeah, Case Keenum played great. I think he did awesome. I think he showed he should be the guy. Mm. Um, and I believe on day one, he will be. I think he, he has earned that right. Um, what happened to Bridgewater is very unfortunate. And, and again, it is, you know, not to overuse the same, but it is the nature of the beast that we're working with right now. It's yep. um, that we don't play a safe game and injuries happen. And he's had a long-term injury. And you're looking at the same thing right now with Andrew Luck. Um, but, you know, the Colts haven't really found anything over there to even – you know, consider playing in front of uh, in front of Andrew when he comes back. But um, yeah, I think I think Keenum's earned his job. I think Bridgewater will be right there waiting in the wings um, if something happens to Keenum, or if the team is just so bad that it's time to make a switch. Um, you know, but I, just, I don't I don't even see that happening. I think I I believe in Case Keenum. I you think do, Case Keenum's eh? a good quarterback. Yeah, I do. I think he's a very good quarterback. I think he's he's got the grit. He's got the will. Um, you know, he seems like a work ethic kind of guy to me. He's, you know, one of the most prolific passers ever in college. And, uh, I mean, I think you're looking at a quarterback that if you give him time and you allow him to stay in the system and, and continue to do what he's done, then I think yeah, he will continue to uh, to succeed in that league. Development's a funny thing, though, Bo. I mean, do you look at him and go, there's progression to be made? Or is he what he is? Is he molded clay at this point? Well, you know what? It's uh, it's It's kind of... It's kind of like a side A, side B kind of thing. I mean, if you're looking at a young guy that hasn't got playing time, it's, okay, what more can we get out of this guy, you know, before we know where his ceiling is? I think you kind of – I think you know where Keenum's ceiling is. I don't think he's going to lead the league in passing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a very – he's a high-efficient quarterback. He's high in accuracy, high in completion. Um, so you'll get more Alex Smith-type games out of him than, um, than Drew Brees-type games. But he will pull out these 350-yard games, three touchdowns, where he damn near goes perfect uh, in completions. And uh, and then you have games like last week. You know, it's um, you know it's just the nature of the beast, man. It's, it's when there's going to be some games, but that's every single quarterback that's ever played this game. Yeah, I just you know, want. I, I, I yeah. think. Yeah. I just, I just want to clarify. I, I don't think that you get rid of one for the sake of getting rid of one. You brought up a really good point. You know, you need multiple guys. You've got to have, to your point about, you know, Indianapolis, once luck goes down, what are you left with? You know, I don't think you get rid of them. I guess where I was coming more from is, do you go into training camp, you know, as an open competition? Um, yeah, no, I wasn't, I wasn't even saying you'd either get rid of either one of the guys. No, no. Um, but, yeah, I, I, do, I do think that, I don't think – to me, I don't think it's an open competition. I don't think Bridgewater has done anything to prove he's ready to play and that he's, you know, ready to be that guy again. Uh, that's got to be proved in training camp. And now if they just – if he just comes out and his lights out and looks amazing in training camp, then I bet towards the end of training camp you start to hear a word of that. You know, it won't be, it won't be the team coming out and saying anything because they don't want to create controversy, but uh, it'll be the leaks in the media. You know, there'll be guys that practice that say, you know, hey, man, Bridgewater looks outstanding. Haven't seen this guy throw a pick all camp. You know, his knee looks healthy. His arm looks healthy. Um, you know, I think that's kind of, that's more or less the kind of situation you're looking at. Right, right, right. Um, but I, I do like what you said. You know, you're talking about, you know, you got to have multiple guys. So we might as well jump to the team, you know, playing in the Super Bowl this weekend um, mm-hmm. that has proved that to the fullest with the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, it's – and I, I'm I'm in such a I'm in such a weird spot with this one, right? Um, with Foles, can first off, can you repeat that performance? You know, 26 to 33, 350 something yards, three touchdowns. Um, I think we talked, you know, a couple of weeks ago. We said you're either going to get that Nick Foles, or you're going to get the guy that doesn't throw many completions at all. Yep. So, uh, 
you know, to me, has Nick Foles, no matter, regardless of what happens in this game, this upcoming game, uh, has Nick Foles proved he deserves a starting job somewhere else? Oh, I yeah, I, I I don't think this is team. I don't think this is Tim Tebow. I don't think this is you know the guy that wins playoff games, but nobody believes in. You know, both from what I understand, that win over Minnesota wasn't just a good football game. That was one for the ages. I mean, that was one of the best playoff performances from a quarterback. It just was. However, I think a lot of that was aided by that early pick six. After you fall behind, and there's all these questions about your quarterback, your defense comes up, and then it's on. Um, you know, I don't know about this. We can get into the Super Bowl in a second, but to that point about will he work again? Absolutely, he will work again. Absolutely. Um, unless he chooses to, you know, unless they choose, he chooses, everybody chooses for him to back up Wentz because he's not, that. that's not Minnesota. That That's not, that's, you know, that's not, oh, well, who's our number one? Wentz is the number one. He's coming back as the oh, number one. Oh, without a doubt. Right? It's just. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. It's just, does he go somewhere else? I mean, it's a pretty good defense that he's bolstered by, right? Like, it's a pretty good Philadelphia oh, absolutely. team. Yeah. Absolutely. That's the thing, though. I'll, I'll never – I never want to downplay somebody's performance because of the opposite side of the ball. You know, I know it, it wasn't just – it was a, what, 35-7 to 7 win, and the defense had a, a huge hand in that. Hmm. But, you know, what I saw in that game, to me personally, what I saw in that game was coaching. Right. I saw a lot of wide-open receivers and, you know, big play touchdowns happening. Um, and that's game planning. You know, that's to me, that's more offensive coordinator. And what has he done to progress our offense from an MVP quarterback in Carson Wentz, uh, MVP caliber, excuse me, quarterback in Carson Wentz, and right. to not fall off really a beat to make it to the Super Bowl with Nick Foles, a guy that has proved to be, um, you know, a one a one B quarterback at best. Right. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't know. I think I think Foles, you know, has showed he can play somewhere else. Um, it's just whether or not somebody else out there is going to go give him that chance. And, you know, he'll he'll always end up at a different team, backing up another good quarterback. But mm-hmm. I want to see if if some this is where this is where I have questions of people like Cleveland and and um, you know things like that is why not go out and get a quarterback like this that you know is good, you know can play football. And if we build a team around him, he can he can do something. Mm. To me, no matter who who the quarterback is in Cleveland, there's always a question behind him. Right. You know, it's a Brock Osweiler. Yep. It's, um, I mean, yeah. I just I. But don't you? I kind of. But don't you think he falls? Don't you think Foles falls into that? Because I mean, I mean, you know, again, Carson Wentz in Cleveland that makes sense, right? Foles, to my point, is I think Foles is bolstered here by a really good surrounding supporting cast. There's nothing in this point in his career that suggested that he could be the guy. And and I'm going to about to say something, and I know I've got a, a streak of about four or five weeks in a row of making your eyes roll into the back of your head with media speak. <laughs> but I, and I'm about to say it. But I I think this is that this is that guy that is just in the right place, right time. You know, not unlike, uh, you know, many quarterbacks throughout. I mean, Trent Dilfer, we can get into the whole conversation about, you know, was Trent Dilfer the worst quarterback ever to win a Super Bowl? People have that. Mark Rippon, there's all of these guys that are there that win, but then don't go on. And I, I just think Foles, you know, for Cleveland, that is such an inept organization that the only way they can turn it around with a quarterback, if a quarterback's going to spurn that, then he's going to have to be one of the all-time greats. 
because I think they just grind them up and 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 you know break them down there because there's too much asked of them. And I, I think Foles going to Cleveland, at least my interpretation of it would be, you're asking too much of this guy because the supporting cast isn't good enough on either side. Oh, for, without a doubt. I mean, the supporting cast has to be changed around that entire team. Yeah. Um, but I'm telling you right now, if Nick Foles goes out and goes 25 of 35 for 300 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, and beats Tom Brady and Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. I don't care how good your defense is you still prove that you can play quarterback at the absolute highest level against the absolute best. Yes, unless, again, unless that, you know, to me, the only success, that the success for Philadelphia against Brady and Belichick will be shutting down Brady, right? They're going to have to be, they're going to have to be the stars. They're absolutely going to have to be the stars. And then it's, you know, if you can get, uh, Brady, and you can get him, force him to three and outs and keep him off the field. Now, <laughs> easier said than done. I can hear those eyes roll into the back of your head. Trust me, I can. Um, but I think it's it's more of a case of the, the big numbers offensively come for Philadelphia if they wear down that defense by making them stay on the field for you know way too long. Yeah, I mean, I I to, to I, I I don't disagree with you. Yeah, you know, I yeah, think. Yeah. I think Nick Nick Foles is the Texas quarterback. I you know I obviously have a little bit of bias going towards him. Um, he grew up in Austin Westlake, so it's a little bit of bias you know coming from me. But I no, I see the guy as a as a good quarterback. If you're telling me he's not better than Brock Osweiler or whatever the rookie is, you know his name they drafted over there, um, you know out of Notre Dame. You know, I'm very hard pressed to say that. And no, no. my job as yeah. an organization is to improve at every position I can. Now, do I think that he can turn the organization around? No, because you're right. He does not have the supporting cast around him. He needs weapons on the outside. He needs a great running game. Um, and like he does, like he has in Philadelphia right now, he needs a great defense. So it's going to take a lot. But I can see. I just see that being a turning a turning point for a team like Cleveland is to go out and get a, a young-ish quarterback. Hmm. You know, I think, what is he, 27, 28 probably? Right. Um, a young-ish quarterback that has done it, has played in the Super Bowl, has won playoff games. Uh, he's not just a Matt Flynn. He didn't just play one game for Aaron Rodgers and ball out and then yeah. go get the starting job in Seattle. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, I do. I think he's a little bit more established than that. Yeah. Yeah, well, I I defer to you in that case. I just, you know, the problem with using Cleveland as an example is that's a tire fire, right? I mean, that is yeah, the yeah. worst case scenario. Like, honest, honest to God, I, you decide to you're going to try your hand next year south of the border, and you you come on this program and you announce, Rob, I've signed with the Cleveland Browns. I'm physically going to try and keep you here. I'm not going to allow you to do that. I'm not going to let you do that. That's not right. That's not fair. It shouldn't be legal. That's how bad I think that organization is. Yeah, okay. Let me ask you something, though. Let me ask you something, though. Yeah. I've had my brothers ask me this exact question. Okay. So I'm giving you all a little bit of inside uh, from the Mitchell family uh, with talks and everything. Um, they said, you know, hey, what if you did go to Cleveland? Right. You know, what if things go right? NFL is the thing you want to do when you go to Cleveland. Right. I said, my answer is, and I think any quarterback's answer is, is wouldn't it be great to be the guy to end that list. Yes, it would be. To end that jersey list. And and that's the thing is, I don't know if they actually want someone to do it. I think they enjoy, I think they enjoy adding names to that quarterback list. 
and knocking guys out and saying, nope, this didn't work, this didn't work, this didn't work. Not the organization to fan, right. more or less. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, same with media. I, I think they don't want that to end because, you know, then where's the butt of the joke at the NFL? No, here's the thing. You go, anybody goes down, but let's say to build your scenario, you go down there, you get that job, you lead the Browns to the playoffs. I didn't say Super Bowl. I just said you lead the Browns to the playoffs. I got all the faith in the world in you. I'm not shortening your your career aspirations here, but you just lead that team to the playoffs. Guess what? They're naming a street after you. They're naming a park after you. There will be a city declared holiday, Bo Levi Mitchell Day. That's what they will do. All of those things will happen, but I'm still going to physically block you from going there because they're inept. Well, I can't say anything against that, Rob. All right, no, you have to keep your options open. I, I gather that. I understand that. I understand that. And of course, we'd be happy if you went there. But these are the same people that they organized. They made T-shirts for their undefeated preseason, and then went out and didn't win in the regular season. Yeah, <laughs> that's um. Uh... <laughs> I mean, like you said, right now it's just there's things in the organization got to be turned around. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, let's, uh, let's take one more break, and then sure. uh, we'll come back, talk Super Bowl, and uh, some, some quick stories about that. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. All right, sounds good. You're listening to Bo Show on Sports at 960, The Fan. Back to the Bo Show with your quarterback, Bo Levi Mitchell. Brought to you by GSL GM City. They offer lease and finance rates from 0.9%, plus save thousands in cash credits. Visit GSL GM City today, 1720 Boat Trail Southwest, or GSLGMCity.com. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, welcome back to the Bo Show. Let's get in talking to this Super Bowl real quick, Rob Kerr. Yes, sir. I, um, I, I got one good story I want to talk about first before we get into the actual sports side of it. Okay. But um, one person, and I know you'll enjoy this too, one person that I'm super happy for in order to be in this Super Bowl is Chris Long. Yeah. Chris Long, you know, originally announced he's giving away the first six weeks of his salary um, to help out. You know, anybody that's been hurt, um, uh, you know, in the community of Philadelphia, uh, you know, from a standpoint of, of what the entire nation was going through this year. And then gets, I think, I want to say either at the six-week mark or about eight or nine weeks in the season, decides he's going to give up his entire salary for the 2017 season. Yep. And, um, I mean, that's just, it just, you know, inside of me, it just screams, you know, you, 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 you hear all the bad stories, everything like that, but this is what some people get to use that platform for. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know how much he makes a year, but for somebody to give their entire year's salary, uh, which is millions and millions of dollars, you know, to help out the entire community, um, I just want to say hats off to Chris Long, and you know, I hope, hope the absolute best for him. Although I don't, I don't know if I see the Super Bowl going their way, but you know, I definitely wish the absolute best for a guy that that goes out and does something so selfless like that. Well, I, I think it's a very CFL thing he he did. How about that? That's that's what I yeah. think. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's incredible. Um, now, a lot of this actually has to do with Charlottesville, that uh, what transpired yep. in Charlottesville this past summer, and, and Chris is from there, and he's helping out um, with scholarships and, and just, I guess, best way to put it, Bo is trying to heal the community is what he's doing. And he's, again, like you said, he's one of these guys that has put his money 
where his mouth is, and he's helping out. And and you're right. I mean, I, I look at him. I look at J.J. Watt. Uh, you, you know, I know it's so easy and, and easy to focus on the, the, the debates and the and the anger and all of those sort of things. But, the, you know, this is a sport that's got a lot. I mean, uh, Mitchell's Miracle Day is a direct result of who, right? Like, you talk about this all the time. One of the greats from Houston. One of the, you know, I guess if you can have greats of the Texans, they're a pretty young franchise. But you were inspired, <laughs> inspired by one of them, right? Yeah, Andre Johnson, yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, Chris Long, he's putting something out there for a lot of other athletes in the NFL to look at and say, man, I mean, look at what he's doing. Look at the difference this is going to make. Um, and do I – do I see a trend of, you know, NFL players getting up their entire year's salary going on? You know, probably not, but I definitely think this helps to, you know, further um, glorify the Walter Payton uh, man of the year award, right. you know, and, and I think it's going to be a true contest every single year to find out who that person is. Um, it's not just going to be the star of your team that gives away, you know, a couple million dollars. It's, it's going to be, you know, guys that go out of their way to do something different to help entrench themselves into a community. And like you said, to help heal a community right now that, uh, you know, is going through uh, a lot, you know, it's a, uh, it's just very, very impressive. Um, and I would never take away from anything that JJ Watt did, you know, raising millions and millions of dollars using the platform for that. Right. Um, you know, same with Andy Dalton with, you know, the Bills fans all donating to his charity and, and everything he does. But this is this is your bank account. This is taking money out of your out of your pocket, um, taking away from your family, saying, "I know we're okay. I know we can do what yeah. we have with the money we have. Um, I'm going to give my money to the community to, to see if I can't help other people join in on this." And I just think it's outstanding. Just uh, Long's base salary this year is one million dollars. Okay, nice. So, yeah, I mean that's awesome. Yeah. No, I'm, what, what, awesome. I, the reason I like that is it's one million dollars. It's not $12 million. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, P.K. Subban uh, was on The Daily Show last night talking about his contribution, and all those contributions help. But again, that, you know, we're not talking about one of the elite earners. And this guy, that's a real right. commitment, right? A real commitment. It's not that he makes, yeah, it's not that he makes $12 million a year and he's got $36 million in his bank account, so $1 million is nothing to him. He's yeah. making, you know, after taxes, he's making, you know, 450000 Right. Um, and, you know, that's that's tough on him to give up every single year. And, I know to the the you know the average daily guy that seems like a lot of money, but um, you know it's a it's a low income in the NFL you know by any means, but still for him to be able to do that and give that is awesome. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, now let's move on to. I mean, I, I think everybody's pick in the Super Bowl is the exact same. Everybody wants the Eagles to win, but we all know <laughs> New England is going to win. I think everybody's got the exact same pick. You know, if we can't, we're going to bet on the Eagles because. Obviously, that's what's going to pay out money. You know, it's you're you're looking at, and I have to say, it's a little bit of emotion. But Tom Brady is the absolute greatest quarterback and player to ever play this game, and anybody that tries to say that that's not true does not understand sports or football by any means. I understand you have the old timers that say, "No, it was Joe Montana or it yep. was John Elway." Yep. No, without a doubt, you're wrong. The answer is Tom Brady. There, there, there was no doubt in anybody's mind when they're down at the end of the game and you see that look on Tom Brady's eyes on the sideline and he grabs his helmet and he walks out there, you knew that what was going to happen, he was going to drive down, score two touchdowns, win the game, and they were going to go on to the Super Bowl. Yep. Uh, the, the, I mean, it's, just, it's, 
The only time that I think a 40-year-old person can walk onto a football field or any professional sport and intimidate the other team. And I think that's exactly what happened to Jacksonville. Absolutely. You, you saw in their faces, man. I mean, even right from the start. Yeah. Right from the start, they, I saw Deion Lewis run for about, I want to say, probably 12 to 15 yards on the sideline. Um, you know, nothing, nothing overly huge. Right. But you look at Jacksonville's eyes, and it was kind of like, oh, damn, is he about to do this to us too? Yeah. You know, it's all like somebody find something, somebody do something to make this not happen. And and it's just one of the old the the old adages that, you know, everybody's waiting on somebody else to make a play. Uh, and Tom Brady is saying, I'm going to be the guy that makes that play no matter what. Absolutely. No, I, you know, you you can appreciate this, that, and we were talking about it earlier in the week. It, it's, I, I think one of the interesting stories is this is the best coach, you know, athlete combination we've ever seen. Jordan and Phil Jackson were incredible. Wayne Gretzky, Glenn Say, they're incredible. You know, whoever you want, Jeter and Torrey, I don't know. But but Belichick and, and Brady are something else. They're they're another world. But add to that, exactly how many Hall of Famers on offense are the New England Patriots in Brady's you know time? How many other? I mean, how many other? Oh, how many weapons? God. Right, Mo- Moss. But Moss is not going two. into the. Yeah, but he's not going <laughs> maybe in. Maybe two. Maybe. Maybe right. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, it's. I mean, maybe probably some offensive linemen strictly for the reason they have rings. Yes. You know what I mean? Sure. I mean. Absolutely. Never taken away from Tom Brady's old line, but right. Um, but yeah, he's he's never the guy that gets uh, X name receiver. Uh, he takes small, quick, shifty guys. He he, he finds a he finds a, a decently fast guy from a subpar franchise that was a second receiver, and they make him their starting receiver. And that guy's going to catch one to two deep balls a game. Yep. Um, every now and then they go out and get a Randy Moss or a. You know, I, I fear putting Brandon Coach in the same, uh, you know, place as Randy Moss. But, um, you know, a speed guy that can go up and make plays over the top. Yep. And, you know, the thing I love, when I love you brought that up, Belichick and Brady. Yeah. Belichick is just, man, I, I, I enjoy watching him coach so much because everybody wants to be him. Everybody wants to do things like him, but they don't do it. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is we all look for that big-name guy, the big-name draft guy. Um, Belichick sticks to his formula and does not change. And he said, you can figure it out and you can beat me. And until then, I'm not changing. Yep. And when, when he's lost in the past, um, you know, to the Giants and whatnot, but he has found a formula, and that formula is I'm going to run the defense I run, I'm going to run the offense I run, and I'm going to find the athletes that I think fits into that. It's a money ball type thing. You know, it's. Who's, where's that inside slot receiver that I need? You know, who's that one big playmaker on offense I need in, in a Rob Gronkowski? Mm-hmm. Um, and then everything else is going to be on defense. I'm going to find guys that nobody else knows, that nobody else appreciates. I'm going to pay them all damn near the same amount of money. Yep. And we're going to work as a unit. We're going to work as a team. And I don't care if we give it the most yards, the most points in the league, but at the end of the day, when the game's over, we're going to have more points than the other team. That's right. And right. it's just it's it's astounding to watch, and it's it's what sports is all about. It's finding the guys that are not only motivators, but uh, they're formula guys, and they know how to create a winning team, and they do it year in and year out. It's just it's spectacular to watch. So as we wrap up today, Bo, do you want to you want to do the prediction this week, or you want to wait and hold it off for next week? 
I'll, I'll go ahead and hold off for next week. I want to. I, I want to find out if Rob Gronkowski is going to play. Okay. Um, you know, throughout the concussion protocol and whatnot. Sure. Um, just to find out if I think they're going to win by you know one or two <laughs> touchdowns. But okay, you, you're more interested in the yeah. spread. What the spread will be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I think I'll wait till next week to make that prediction. <laughs> All right, buddy. Hey, this was fun. Uh, well, I, we covered a lot of ground today. Yeah, we did. I'm glad I was able to get on. Sorry about last week, guys. We'll uh, make sure we keep the show going, though. Good stuff. Anything you'd like to leave us with before you go? Uh, just uh, go Google Tom Brady. Uh, make sure you know everything about him because he's going to be the greatest athlete to ever play any sport. <laughs> yeah. All right, pal. Battle of Alberta tonight on the hockey side. Flames and well, the wait, Oilers. Wait, so. before we go, right. we got to give some love to SML. That's right. We do have to give the some love. The Bo Show Big Guests for SML Entertainment. Pool tables, hot tubs, patio furniture, and much more. With four locations in Calgary, Cross Iron Mills, and Red Deer. Details at smlentertainment.com. There we go. We gave the love. Right? Who was your big guest, Bo? SML Entertainment Big Guest of the Week is Will Not on the Keys. Yeah! It's about time. All right, thanks, guys. Y'all have a great week. All right, thanks, Bo. Bo Levi Mitchell with The Bo Show. He'll be back next Thursday uh, with the Super Bowl edition of The Bo Show. Coming up next, it's Flames at 5 for Pete the Plumber, the superhero of residential plumbing and heating. Chris Johnston from Sportsnet, our NHL insider for Metro Ford, will be right out of the gate a little later on. We will travel up to Edmonton, and Pat Steinberg will join us on Inside Hockey for Calgary Co-op. And speaking of that, at 6 o'clock, Pat, live from Edmonton, will bring you Flames warm-up as Calgary and the Oilers meet for the third time this year. It's all coming up here on your home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. The Bo Show, big guests for SML Entertainment. Pool tables, hot tubs, patio furniture, and much more. With four locations in Calgary, Cross Iron Mills, and Red Deer. Details at smlentertainment.com.